Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I use human design, intuition, mindfulness, my own personal lived experiences, coaching, and all the things to help people transform their lives, to come into alignment, to amplify their impact, to experience more ease and flow in their lives. And I'm so excited you're here. You can learn more about me and how to work with me at KelseyAbbott.com. And actually, before we get into today's episode, I got to refresh your memory. I've got new ways to work with me. The first is I'm now offering private sessions for years, like the entire in the entirety of my coaching business, the last seven plus years, I've only offered private sessions, one-off private sessions, as in single private sessions to existing clients or past clients. And I'm now opening that up to everybody. So if you want to work with me, if you just want one hour, actually, I, I, I booked off an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. We'll end when the time feels complete. If you want to work with me in a really powerful way, just once, or you want to start with just once, go to KelseyAbbott.com, click on the play with me tab. And right there, right at the top is private sessions. And you can book your slot with me right there. Okay. The other things, did I tell you about this core class thing I'm doing? Yeah. So I've been teaching core classes virtually over zoom for the last year. And my background is I've been teaching core classes for I I taught for years. Like I want to say a decade and maybe it was a decade. I taught in gyms and yoga studios and I taught run clubs and triathlon groups and swim teams. And and then I closed that chapter. And then last year in March of 2020, I decided to start again. And now I've decided to offer classes. They're pre-recorded classes. So you can purchase a class for 10 bucks do it as many times as you want. You can pause if you need a a minute to catch your breath. You can fast forward. If you hate the exercise, you can mute me if you want. And at the end of the class that is available right now, which is called Plank You Very Much, there is a 12 minute guided gratitude meditation, which is just, it's so delicious. So go to KelseyAbbott.com and you'll find core with Kelsey as one of the tabs along the top. That's where you go to get your core class with me. And then if you are a four, six profile in human design, or if you love a four, six, which FYI four, six is a super common profile or one of the more common profiles. So chances are you probably do love a four, six. I made a class all about the four, six profile. So again, go to KelseyAbbott.com and under courses and classes, you will find human design classes. And right now there's only one, the human design class. And I mean, excuse me, the four, six profile. And you will find it right there. It is available right now. It's only $33. So grab it now. Again, this is pre-recorded, so you can watch it anytime you want. And I highly recommend this. If you, even if you've had, maybe especially if you've had a reading with me, if you are a four, six and you want to just take a second and really take all the notes on this, write everything down about and really truly give yourself a moment to embody being a four, six. The thing is during an actual human design reading, I throw a whole lot of information at you. We go through your energy type, your profile, 
all of your gifts, all of your centers, all of your variables, we do everything. And it's just a lot. I know it's a lot and it's gotta be a lot to take in. And I don't think it's humanly possible to take all of that in and retain it and then embody it. So this class gives you a chance to really like revisit what it means to be a four, six, get the reminder, which is something we all need like every day and give you a chance to breathe it in, to embody it. I know when I was in school, the way I would study was I would actually rewrite my notes. So writing things down is super powerful. So anyway, all the things, private session with me, KelseyHappett.com under play with me, book a private session, core class, go to KelseyHappett.com core with Kelsey and the four, six profile class, KelseyHappett.com courses and classes, human design classes, and you will find the four, six profile. Also side note, the design work that Danielle did on the human design classes page. I love it so much. It's, it's, she knows that my favorite color is sunrise. Some people might call it sunset, whatever. It's like orange and pink together. And I, I love it so much. I just, I go to that page and I'm just like, ah, it feels so good. Okay. Now this week's conversation, this week's conversation is so good. It's with Cassandra Bodzak. But, and it's about manifesting through meditation. Okay. Yes. We're going to get to more about Cassandra in a second, but first I want to tell you something that I just learned like a few weeks ago about manifesting and human design. Cause yeah, I have been studying human design for years. I've been trained in doing human design readings and I'm still learning. We're all still learning, right? In coaching school, we learned the phrase, you either grow or you die. It's so morbid and yet it's true, right? What's a plant doing? A plant is growing. And if it's not growing, and that doesn't mean that we always see the growth, the growth is not always visible on the outside (laughs) at all. But if you are not growing, if a plant isn't growing, what's it doing? It's wilting. It's shrinking. It's getting brown on the edges. Same for human, same for all beings. When we are not growing, we're wilting. So we, we're, we're not, there's no finish line here. I think I've said this before, but it is like such a hard truth in my mind that we are always going, we are always growing and growing and growing and learning. And when there's nothing left left to learn, can you even imagine such a place? I cannot. And I don't think I would want to live in a place where I knew everything and didn't have any learning or growth left to do as uncomfortable Oh man, like really, truly uncomfortable as growth can be sometimes. I, I, I wouldn't give it up. It's everything. It's why we're here. Okay. So this new thing I learned about human design and manifesting, look at your chart, the arrows up by the head, your bottom left arrow. If it points to the left, you are an active manifester. And if it points to the right, you're a passive manifester. So you probably already know if you're a specific or non-specific manifester, that's in the bottom right arrow. If it points to the right, you're non-specific, it points to the left, you are specific. And you can find an episode, a bonus episode I did months ago on 
the strategy of being a non-specific manifester. And of course, if you want to learn more about this, listen to all my podcasts and book a human design reading. But so there's specific and non-specific. And we talk about that a little bit because Cassandra and I are both non-specific. And then this passive and active manifesting thing that is new to me, we didn't cover that in this episode. But if you're an active manifester, whether you're specific or non-specific, then you're going to be active in your manifestation process. You are going to be doing all the things, all the tips that Cassandra tells us. And you're going to know this because it's going to resonate. You're going to get psyched for like constantly thinking about the thing that you want, even if you're non-specific and that thing you want is not specific. You're going to be doing the things like trying it on um, you journaling about it, doing all the things. If you're a passive manifester, just get out of the way. Just say like, Hey universe, I want this, you know, general idea of what this is. If you're a non-specific as well, and then get out of the way. It's not your job. So if my whole point in sharing all of this is that if you are an active manifester, holy moly, everything Cassandra shares today is money for you. So listen up. And if you're a passive manifester, this is still a really good conversation. The stuff she shares is amazing across the board. Okay. So Cassandra Bodzak is a thought leader, best-selling author, and sought after on-camera personality and speaker in the mindfulness and personal development world. She's also the host of the popular spiritual podcast, Divine Downloads. And she was on ABC's The Taste with Anthony Bourdain as the happy, healthy living guru. Cassandra helps people all over the world learn the process for bringing their soul's desires into their everyday reality. I love Cassandra. I am so glad that this podcasting world brought us together. We had such a great time together. The energy of this conversation is electric. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you love it. I hope you come away with so many epiphanies and so much joy. And it speaks to you. I hope you buy your new book. And that's all I got. I love you. You're a miracle. Go forth and be awesome. Yay, Cassandra. I'm so excited to do this with you. I'm so excited to be on. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I feel like already we've been chatting before we hit record and already we could talk about anything, but I'm just going to start (laughs) off steering the conversation towards manifestation and then see where we go. For starters, what does manifestation mean to you? Manifestation to me means our ability to divinely design our own lives. I'm just sitting with that for a second. That was the most like mic drop delicious <laughs> definition I've ever heard. <laughs> Can you say that again, please? I feel like manifestation uh, to me is our ability to divinely design our lives. Mm-hmm. And how'd you get interested in it? It happened upon me. Um, I think when I had my spiritual awakening, when I was, uh, when I was 25, I, um, had my little brother got diagnosed with a terminal condition and that was kind of my dark night of the soul. And through that dark night, one of the things that I heard after crying all night, like 
like a puddle in my living room and then like went to the shower and was like in like child's pose in the shower and I was just like talking to God which is not a thing I had done before that moment really I was raised Catholic but I wasn't in like general conversation with God all the time um but I was so desperate and I was just like God like tell me how am I supposed to live like how am I supposed to function how am I supposed to like go about my day like with this happening and um and I heard meditate and um so I did the you know the very like 20 something I guess thing to do but I'm grateful for it um I went on YouTube and I looked at meditations and I just like started meditating and never stopped I started I literally went through every guided meditation that you could find all different things on YouTube. I found like a Buddhist monastery in Brooklyn. I found like Kundalini yoga classes in the Lower East Side. I got, you know, Vedic train. Like I did like all the things and I was this total, I just became such a junkie of it. Like I would do it for pretty much any hour. I wasn't like at work or having to like do something else. I would just meditate because it was like my, my medicine at that time to help me, you know, survive. And then I was watching. So in between meditating, I was watching like different lectures. I started watching like the Course in Miracles lectures with Marianne Williamson. Um, I started just watching different like spiritual lectures on YouTube as well. <laughs> I was always like ingesting something. And I, I can't even remember to this day where it came from. But I heard two different things. One, one thing was just follow the next thing that brings you joy. And, and actually, now that I think about it, I don't even know if I heard it so much as it developed as a survival skill, um, where it was like, I was in this time period where anyone that's ever been in like a really dark time in their lives, one of the survival mechanisms I feel like that can kick up is you just start thinking like, what is the next small thing I can do that will bring me a little bit of joy in this really dark room? And so it was like little things, like one of my things was making mango guacamole. Um, mm. <laughs> <you know>? Yum. <laughs> so it would be like little things like that. It'd be like, you know, go on a walk around the block right now. You know, um, I made cupcakes. I would, you know, organize my bathroom cabinets out. It was random things. But I just kept on following this little thread. So I think that was like where I first kind of started, let's say accidentally manifesting, right? Where I started noticing how the more I followed that thread, the more magical my life just started becoming, the more things just started happening for me. And then I watched this lecture one morning, I was getting ready um, to go to work and this preacher that was talking about A Course in Miracles was talking about he was like what if you decided what you wanted in life or you know where you felt called to be in life or you know what whatever that life that you feel like is meant for you right that you dream about and that every single thing that happened to you was just helping you get there and I like played it three times over and I wrote it in a big thing and I like plastered it on the wall and I would read it like multiple times a day. And I'd be like, every single thing that's happening to me is getting where I want to go. Um, 
And so, yeah, so I was meditating and then, and then part of that, part of my meditation that I developed that I thought was, I mean, now we call it visualization or whatever. At the time I felt like I was kind of just cheating meditation, um, (laughs) where I would do my meditation. Like I would do like whatever, like the more traditional meditation thing. But then after I would never get up without spending at least 15 minutes, just visualizing my future. And, you know, um, in astrology, my sun sign is Pisces. So I am, but actually in human design, my power is inner vision. So now that all fit together, although I didn't know it at the time, many years till I figured that out, but I love fantasizing. I love visualizing. I love like playing the movie montage in my head. And that for me was a huge coping mechanism at that time. So I would visualize, you know, at the time I had like a healthy living blog and, you know, I was making vegan gluten-free cupcakes and it was this whole thing. And so I just visualized like the blog taking off and me being like on TV doing like my cupcakes and just like whatever fantastical, amazing things I could think of. Right. And they were so far from anything I thought was even possible for me that I genuinely just approached it from the space of. I need to escape my life for 15 minutes, right? Very Piscean of me, but, (laughs) but nonetheless, I did it right. And then what started happening is those things started manifesting in my life. More and more people started reading my blog, more and more people started paying attention to my, my Instagrams of vegan cupcakes, right? I started getting um, people that wanted to work with me for my health coaching and stuff that I was doing at that time. And then And then again, I kept on just following the fun, following the joy, making more videos and whatnot. And eventually I ended up getting a call from the producers at ABC asking me to be on a cooking show. And I had literally done nothing, you know? I mean, I had been just following what lit me up and, but I wasn't like pitching them or anything like that, you know? Um, So that's kind of how I fell into manifesting. And then there, I ended up at Universal Studios, like filming the show with Anthony Bourdain and Nigel Lawson and all these like big, you know, guys in the food world. And, and I remember like getting into my like hotel room before, like we were going to set and doing our hair and makeup and stuff for one of the first things. And I was just like, oh my God, how did I do this? Like, I, like, how do I do this? And And so I think I discovered manifesting through reverse engineering Mm. through then at that place, being in that place in my life and really being like, okay, this is pretty flippant incredible. And I know that logically it doesn't really make any sense that I'm here. So what did I do that created this possibility in a space where, you know, any like level-minded person would say there was none, you know? Um, and that's when I really saw that it was that it was my meditation practice. It was the fact that I was constantly following that thing that lit me up and just doing the next little thing. And that I was consistently holding the space. Um, and obviously over time, my, my manifestation process has evolved tremendously, but that was like really the first like nugget of it. I love all of this so much. I want to. I want to come back to this place, but I want to back up. What, what did you want to be when you were a little kid? Like, what did you want to be when you grew up? An actress. Okay. So like once you got the call from ABC, did you kind of feel like, oh wait, this is kind of what I wanted to do my whole life. Did you see that string? Well, yes, yes. And 
No. So I was acting at that time. I went to, I started acting, I, I was acting like my whole life, pretty much. I've got to be a fan in acting. And what happened, I was still acting when everything happened when I was 25, but I was, you know, I was getting like little parts. I got a little part on 30 Rock, a little part in Law and Order, like, you know, that's kind of like the hustle or whatever, right? Um, so I was in a space with acting where I wasn't feeling that creatively fulfilled. Um, and I was instead pouring so much of that creative energy into the block and like creating videos, right? Because I did see it as this kind of like medium of like, I love being on camera, being on camera really lights me up. There's like a magic that comes alive with me when there and I can use that either for a character, or I can absolutely just use that to teach, right, which is what I've done a ton of in the years, you know, what so I just started being like, Oh, I also love this other thing. And I was like, let me just combine all the things. Let me and that's kind of the the synergy that happened during that period, even before ABC call, I think that was one of the precursors was me kind of having that aha by following my joy. I just remember thinking one day and being like, you know what, I love being on camera. And I love cooking. And I'm really good at like making these like vegan gluten free things. Why don't I just do a YouTube cooking show thing. And Kelsey, like it was, it was the most one thing about me is I'm the farthest thing from a perfectionist. When I have like an idea, I will just like MacGyver it and make it happen. And so I had an idea. It's like late at night. It's like I'm in like a tiny New York kitchen, right? New York City kitchen, if you can imagine such a small space. And I didn't know how to edit. I barely knew how to use my camera, right? And um, I have just like a stack of every book that I have in the house on one of my dining room table chairs to hold the camera up because I didn't have a tripod. <laughs> and I lined up all of the steps of what to cook behind me on my kitchen counter because I didn't know how to edit. And so my cooking videos were literally like, they were nuts. They were completely insane. And they were, they were like yellow and dark because I didn't know anything about lighting. But I just did it because, yeah, to your effect, I think it was the, it was like the meeting of these two worlds that I really love. Um, and so I think, you know, at that point in my life, when I was so, you know, uh, sad about my brother and stuff, it was, it was this way, you know, cooking and doing those kinds of videos on camera made me feel like I was like making more of a difference than my acting was at that moment. Mm. I love this so much. And I, I'm picking up little threads that are definitely for me right now. I don't know what, I no, absolutely possibly no idea what to do with them yet. So I'm going to keep pulling and see if something comes out. Go for it. Talk to me more about your love for food and interest in gluten-free vegan cooking, which is also a passion of mine. Yeah. So that just happened. You know, that happened because when I was 21, I got really sick. Um, nobody could figure out what was going on ended up figuring out I just had a ton of food allergies. Um, and so it started because I couldn't, you know, I kind of went vegan and gluten free, mostly because like, that's what my body, it's the only thing my body will tolerate. And um, so that's how it started. But I wasn't like gung ho about it. When I was 21, I was like, this flows, you know. <laughs> um, and now now I feel like, you know, I've 
feel great about it. But at 21, I was like, really, I can't have pizza anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so that's why I started cooking. I had never like my mom cooked and stuff like that, but I had never been like interested in it before. Just started as kind of like a survival thing um, because I was like, if this is going to be how I'm going to live, I got to enjoy food. I have to like create things that I like. And then in college, I was in a sorority and I would always like bake for like all of our fundraisers and philanthropies and stuff like that. And I would make like vegan gluten-free brownies or vegan gluten-free cup. I would just be like messing around with different recipes and stuff like that. And I wouldn't tell any of the girls that it was that and just watch and see if they ate it, you know? <laughs> and so my sorority sisters in college were the first um, advocates for me to start the blog. And that's kind of how it, how it began. And, and it became this thing, you know, with acting there's acting is something is like so expressive and so creative and it's like also it an art and there's also a lot of feeling of like not having any control there right this feeling of kind of like you're at the mercy of other people picking you for things or whatnot and so I think for me um, it was half me wanting to create delicious things that I love, but also I really liked that it was like a creative endeavor that I felt I was very much in control of where I could create content like, you know, this was like when blogs were like not even cool, like nobody was like popular for blogs. This is eons before Instagram was even a thing. Um, and so, but it just felt good to be able to like, I can bake this thing. I can take some pictures of it. I can put a recipe of it and send it to like the 20, you know, friends that follow me and <laughs> someone will bake them. And that like made me feel like I was contributing. And so, yeah, I think that vegan, you know, it was a bigger passion of mine. I think back in the day, now it's much more saturated, but back in the day, there wasn't a lot of people that were making delicious vegan gluten-free food when I started and so for me, I was like, I want people to know, I'm sure there are other people like me that can't eat this other food and don't want to like, feel like they're sentenced to living like a life of like brown rice and, you know, vegetables or whatever. That's what I ate a lot for the beginning of it. Um, and so I was really passionate about, you know, sharing with people that you can eat really healthy and you can do right by your body and, you know, connect to your body's wisdom and, still eat really delicious, really fun things. You don't have to miss out on anything. Are you still doing anything food related? Uh, not so much. I would say that I do, you know, every once in a while I'll do like an Instagram cooking episode just for fun. Um, and I'll whip out some of the recipes from eat with intention or I'll just show people like what I make, um, you know, for myself. <laughs> yeah. So what is that like for you? Something that was so big in your life and that's now like, it's, you know, you're still interested in it. You still do it, but it's not like such a big part of it now. It's an evolution, you know, it's just, I think it's just evolution. Like it was the thing that I was called to teach at that point in my life. And there's still you know, there's still some magic I have, you know, towards that. And I think, 
you know, if certain things came up around it, it could be reinvigorated again. But for me, you know, again, I was going back to like what lit me up and that's huge for me is like, what's getting me excited? What's like, you know, we call it urges or whatnot. I call it what lights me up. Right. And so for me, when I'm excited about something, it's really easy when I'm not about excited about something, it is like near impossible. Mm-hmm. And so I just follow the moments where I feel really excited because I will get these bursts where I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to like, you know, I'm going to share this salad I've been making all week with everyone or, you know, oh, it's the holidays. And I just feel so when it feels really exciting and good, like I'm there for it. So in that way, I think it'll always be a part of me and it'll always be a part of like the smorgasbord. That is me. Um, But I felt like for the past few years, I was just really called to talk more about the spiritual aspects of things, about meditation. And that's where I just kept on being called to. That's what I kept on being excited about. So it it doesn't feel, it feels, yeah, like I just organically moved my focus in a different way, but I don't feel like I've lost that part of me, if that makes sense. I mean, it resonates so much (laughs) with me. And it's funny because, so I, I, years ago, I fell into teaching core classes, like core fitness classes. And like, like literally I was coaching with some team made a comment. Why are the 12 year old girls not doing flip turns? The head coach told me, Oh, cause their core isn't strong enough. And I was like, well, I'll teach them a core class. And then that led to teaching, like at, at teaching that some team teaching a run, run club, a triathlon team, a at a yoga studio at fitness centers like I was teaching like nine classes a week and then and I was totally lit up by it absolutely loved it and then eh, like close that chapter and then last spring I was like oh I could teach over zoom so I started doing zoom classes and like just this week or two weeks ago I got really lit up to like what if I pre-recorded some classes and offered it to people to buy and that idea in my head, my head got involved for a second was like, no one's going to buy that. My body was like, I got to do this. Like, oh my God, so lit up. And then as a manifesting generator, so I get this, like I get lit up by something. And then when I'm lit up, I get the go do it, go make it happen right now. Energy. Yeah. So it's just fun hearing you talk about the evolution of things and things can come back. Absolutely. It's like, yeah, things can come. Yeah. I think it's like things can come back and just honoring, like it's a moment to moment thing. And like all these aspects are a part of you. And, you know, one of the biggest parts about that that's been is that like not letting other people push you into boxes, right. Or not letting other people push you a certain way because, you know, they have a certain agenda for you um, because, you know, in my experience, it just doesn't work, right? Even if you try, um, you know, I've had people since that, you know, it's typical, I guess, um, you know, in in business in all sense, right? Where someone might for you have been like, no, because you're so good at the core classes, like keep teaching the core classes, right? And we need you for core or whatever, but you're like, I don't want to teach that anymore. I'm done with it, right? And so it can be really hard because maybe they're going to be like, we'll pay you double. We really don't want to lose you, Kelsey. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like there's so many initiations like that where you have to keep choosing yourself. And 
I think one of the things that, and, and if you can relate this back to my human design, please go, or human design general, go ahead. But one of the things that I have found that's really dangerous is that as a solo entrepreneur, or whatever you want to call it, business owner, um, a lot of what they teach you is always like, give the audience what they want. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's bullshit. I think it's bullshit as well. Because you will live in a prison <laughs> if, and it's a prison designed by others. And we're not for like, you know, I talk about like being magnetic and, you know, when it comes to manifesting and like, we're magnetic when we're doing what lights us up. And so you may think that, oh, everybody sent out a poll and everybody says that they want cooking videos from me right now. But then if you tune in with yourself and you're like, I'm just going to do the cooking videos because everybody wants it. Nobody's going to like those cooking videos because your energy is not going to be in it. You know, your magic's not going to be in it. So I think that's one of the biggest things with evolution and the scariest things of evolution is having the, the self-love um, to choose yourself. I, yes just like such a hard yes to all of that to constant evolution, which shout out to my 17 year old or 18 year old self who got a tattoo that it represents constant evolution. And yeah, I'm just so proud <laughs> of knew. her. I'm like, she was so wise. Didn't know he's acted, but in that moment, mm-hmm, I spent like months thinking about that tattoo and that's what it was going to be always. Oh and God, I still I love, love it. it. Um, <laughs> But then, yeah, the other, all right, I have a couple things to say. Like one back to people saying like, oh, Kelsey, yeah, you got to keep doing this because we want, we want you to do it. But then also there is the other side of being a solopreneur or whatever you want to call us, where people said to me, Kelsey, you have to choose between triathlon and being a transformational coach. You have to choose between teaching core classes and human design. You have to, and even don't show your muscles in photos of you on social media because people will get confused if they think you're an athlete or if they know you're an athlete, they're going to think you're a less legit coach and human design person. And they'll probably think you're less intuitive. Oh my God. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. And no energy type is designed to do what other people want them to do. Yeah. Exactly. Man- so you're a manifester. You're designed to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and manifesting generators and generators are here to do. The universe is going to show us the things to respond to. We respond to what lights us up. And that's what we're supposed to do. Not we respond to other people's desires. We respond to what lights us up. Projectors yeah. are here to guide us. Reflectors are here to reflect and amplify our wisdom. Yeah. No one is designed to, to do, yeah. To live in the confines of other people's opinions on it. And I think it's really beautiful that, you know, it takes, it takes a, you know, a journey to get to that place where you're like, I'm not going to just give them what they want. And there's, you know, but that's, I think its own initiation. Yes. Okay. So we fast forward now back to where we were before on manifesting through meditation and that eventually led you to writing a book yeah so um i have a book coming out called manifesting through meditation 
a hundred different meditations to help you divinely design the life you want. And um, yeah, and all roads led there. And I'm trying to think how to even say how they led there. Well, you know, I just started, it just naturally evolved that way, right? Because people, what I realized, what, and this is, I guess, where the two roads converged, <laughs> where I was lit up, but also people were fascinated, was that people were equally fascinated about how I did what I did, right? How I kind of just popped up, ended up on this TV show, had a book deal, was like this kind of like, you know, up and coming personality in the health and wellness world. And I found that what lit me up was more so sharing with people the spiritual tools that I felt helped me get there than necessarily the recipes um, in the book and the other stuff. <laughs> and so that gave way to my, you know, my coaching practice for the past five years now has been all teaching women all over the world how to divinely design the life they want. And that has really just been what I've been all about. And so it felt like the time had come to write another book that really distilled that wisdom and that process, because I feel like more, I, you know, my overall goal with everything I do in life is to help inspire more women that they can create whatever life their soul desires and it's all within their possibility and I think more people just need the explicit tools so the way I wanted to design this book was that it's literally like a curated meditation journey guiding you through the steps of manifesting um, and and can really be something that's grounded and practical that someone can add to their daily practice and start noticing those amazing shifts. I don't, I don't think, I, I don't really believe that I was quote unquote lucky with some of the things that I've created in my life. I think I very intentionally created them and I continue to create wonderful things in my life. And I want that for as many humans as possible. Mm, and we should put it a note here that you're a non-specific manifester. Mm. So anyone who's listening, who's like, mm -hmm, yeah, she created exactly what she wanted because she's a manifester and she's probably specific. You're not specific. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people who are non-specific, like, like both of us are get tangled up in we, but how do I manifest? And yet here you are saying you have manifested all of this gold in your life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I honestly think we have it easier. I don't know. <laughs> I, I agree. Talk more about that, please. <laughs> I think we have it easier because for me, I feel like it would be too much pressure to have to like be so specific about everything. And that's what I, I kind of talk about this lightly in the book without getting too much into human design. I encourage people to follow their natural inclinations around if they get lit up by specificity or if they get more lit up by the generalities and the feelings and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So there's meditations for both ways in the book. Um, and I would say that, you know, sometimes as a non-specific, I can imagine well, pretty specific images. But for me, it's that's the the feeling that's evoked by the specific specificity of the image, right? So I'll have really 
<laughs> like I'll have like, so for instance, with what I'm manifesting right now, I'll have like really specific images of like kind of options that could be right. So be like, it could happen this way. It could happen. Like when I was manifesting this book, you know, I had no idea what the name was going to be. I certainly didn't think it would look like this. Um, I had no idea who like the publisher, how it would come about. I had no idea. All I knew was like, I, but, but that didn't stop me from imagining me holding books signing books right and i just let it be whatever it was that day you know whatever it looked like that day um and so yeah so for non-specifics i would say you just have to don't let you know the you know societal like i don't know general manifesting stuff get you down um you got to do your own thing and i think for us what's the most helpful is whatever it is for you. And I'm, it's probably going to be different based on whatever sense like peaks up. Right. But whatever evokes that feeling that you're going to feel when you have the thing. And for me, that makes it so much easier because that's what I focus on. And I enjoy, like I said, I have, like, I do, I have a lot of inner vision. I like visualizing that's not everyone, but no, I have taste. Ooh. That's my strongest. <laughs> so it gets a little tricky there. Yeah. But I think you've heard me say, I can't remember if we, I think I said your definition of manifestation was delicious. Some yeah. things like that's the, like that is, I'm like, that is delicious. Oh my God. I yeah. love that. Yeah. But I think it is. Yeah. For non-specifics, it's just thinking about, you know, how it's going to feel when you're there. And then if any, you know, other things pop up for you. For me personally, I'm just like, try on all the flavors or try on all the images or try on or the, the different scenarios that it could be, whatever gets that feeling going, you know? Yeah. And, and that's where you get to manifest from, which I think for non-specifics, like I said, I really feel like we haven't made because it's, we're... <clears throat> when we're manifesting, one of the things I, I talk about is that I feel like we're going into the infinite abyss or whatever you want to call it, right? We're going into the unknown, the quantum field, whatever in our meditations. And in that place, it's a place of infinite possibilities. And so the frequency that we're selecting in the field to call in based on our feeling, right? Which our feeling, I believe is a frequency, is a vibration that we've selected is calling that in the field and we have no idea what's in our highest good, right? We just know we want that feeling. Oh, I want the feeling of being able to distill like, you know, this really important thing that I have into uh, a book or something like that, where I can disseminate it and have other people, you know, whatever, I want this feeling or whatever. Okay. I don't know exactly what's the highest form of that or who's the best publisher or who's the what's the best color or what all this stuff I don't know on that stuff and I don't really care to know any of that stuff right and so I think it, it makes life a lot more magical when you surrender to the unknown in that way and just say this is what I feel and this is what I want and I'm open to however whatever that looks like because I think with manifesting one of the biggest things you always have to remember is that we don't always have our best interests in mind we don't always know. We know as much as we know, and that's great. And that's why I believe 
specific, non-specific, honestly, your feelings are this like way more important because even if you're a specific, it's like, great, be specific that gets you going. But then there has to be a little bit of like, or something better or something I don't even know would be, you know, even greater than what my specific specificity can, you know, conjure right now, because it's like, we like, we, we can see like a pea in the ocean, right? And there are like trillions and billions and I don't know the words for more than that of peas that we can't see. Exactly. And every one of them could be for us. Exactly. Yeah. So this book, did you just like wake up one day and you were like, I'm writing a book or was it brewing in you for a while? What did that feel like? Oh, it brewed for a long time. Um, it brewed for a long time. I wanted, I know I wanted to write it probably for like two years. I was trying to distill what it was going to be, or I knew like the contents of it and the general like purpose of it, but the form in which it was going to take, um, there was a lot of back and forth, a lot of back and forth with my literary agent, a lot of back and forth with publishers. There was a lot of like people like not getting my idea kind of thing. It was definitely like an initiation by fire for a while. And then I kind of got to the point with it where I just surrendered. And I was like, it shouldn't be this hard. Um, because I'm a big believer that when things are meant for me, they're not hard and it was getting too hard. And so I knew I had to walk away <clears throat> and I did. And I changed my literary agent um, because I also felt maybe there was an energetic misalignment there and switched literary agents and the whole kit and caboodle. Um, and then I had another agent and now we were talking to other publishers. And again, it was just like, no one was getting it. And it was so weird. Um, but whenever things don't make any logical sense, I know it's divine, right? Because it made no logical sense. I have like a huge platform. I'm like, there's no reason why it wouldn't, you know, whatever. But for that reason, people weren't like picking up what I was putting down with the older version of it. And then I was on a meditation retreat, of course, <laughs> um, uh, for my birthday. And I wasn't even thinking really about the book, you know, I was kind of out there and I was like, you know, I hope that something happens, but I have no idea. I really have no idea. Um, and, and I was in a crazy meditation that day and my grandma, my grandma passed in just a month before and she was like really, really close to me. So I'd been communing with her since she passed and was like, grandma, birthday gift, like, like, uh, and it wasn't like, cause I wanted a gift. It was just because I needed to feel her with me on my birthday. Cause I was really scared of having my first birthday without her. Um, and I was also alone on this meditation retreat. So I didn't have like people that I, you know, could cry into. Um, <laughs> so I meditated for like four hours that morning at the retreat and had this crazy meditation where I literally felt like plugged into the divine and was like electrocuted with like divine love and all this stuff. And I see my grandma like smiling at me and, um, and then I get back to my room and this publisher that I had talked to like probably six months ago that was like, Oh, like, 
it doesn't really fit with anything that we're whatever had reached out and was like, I've been thinking about you and I know it's not exactly the book you pitched, but what about manifesting through meditation? Cause I feel like it's exactly what you're going for, but you didn't quite like, you know, and it was like this huge light bulb moment. And it was like an instant, like, yes, obviously this is exactly it. And I, for whatever reason, like I wasn't able to like zoom in on the bullseye <laughs> myself and um, thank God this woman, <laughs> and you know, I guess had just been, had my uh, proposal in the back of her mind for a few months and something clicked and bada bing, bada boom. And I was like, thank you. Thank you, grandma, for the birthday gift. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about your grandma for a little bit? <laughs> yeah, sure. What's her name? Her name is Joan. Oh, Joan. So- she was also a 6'2". We were both 6'2". Of course. So she like showed you how to do it. She showed you probably like how to be the wise authority figure. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was that and definitely was my role model. Mm. What was your favorite thing about her? Uh, um, so much. I think my favorite thing about her was just how like level headed she always was. Like you could tell her, I mean, she was my first call for everything. There's nothing I couldn't tell her. And there's nothing I couldn't tell her that like would like ruffle her feathers really, you know? So I could tell her, you know, whatever. And she was always like telling me about like everything small potatoes, Cassandra, like nothing is worth, you know, getting yourself worked up about. And she was always just so calming and centering. And she also, I really feel like had, um, you know, a revolutionary, just a Capricorn as well, and had this kind of like revolutionary energy for, you know, she was born in 1934, you know, and she like got, you know, went to like after high school, got like trained at the bank to like, you know, start doing that, like went to work when her, you know, her husband passed away and she like supported the whole family and she worked until she was like well into her 70s. Um, she was such like a like a you know at a time when that was like not normal and so she got me in a way that like nobody else got me she got like my you know why I like prioritize my career above a lot of things why you know when a lot of people were like searching for husbands I was just like chasing you know um my star and and doing that and she loved you know and encouraged so much like me going after all of my dreams and and you know being on tv and and having the book deals and it was like yeah she just like you know someone that would always just be like oh of course yeah of course you're gonna get a book deal you know obviously I talked to her during all that time when all the things were going on she'd always just be like you know you know it's gonna happen when it's supposed to happen but it's gonna happen you know, mm. she always had that attitude about a lot. So she was, I have a little, I have a bracelet um, that I made that says, what would Joan do? And I try to think to myself throughout the day when I'm like, let my, if I get worked up or, you know, whenever I worry about something, I just think about her. It sounds like, first of all, it sounds like she's a total badass. And it also sounds like you had someone in your life for a long time, someone very close to you who really, truly believed in you. And we all get a little shaky in our self-belief sometimes, but to have somebody else that you can be like, Hey, can I borrow your belief in me for a second? That's such a gift. 
yeah, it was really, she was very grounding for me. Mm. Very grounding with, uh, you know, my kind of Pisces or manifestiveness or whatever that can be a little bit all over the place. She was way more, um, you know, she would both be like, okay, like, here's what you need to do to put food on the table and keep doing this, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, don't give up, like, but take care of your bells, but <laughs> you know, so it was like that, like really beautiful, really beautiful balance. And now I, you know, I, I feel like she's one of my guardian angels and I felt her like, literally I felt her, you know, I dedicated the book to her and I feel like she was with me like every step of the writing. Mm. And she also wasn't, it doesn't sound like she was intimidated by your power. Because a lot of manifestors feel that they don't really understand that that's what they're feeling. But manifestors, when you guys are born, you're the energetic leader of your family because your energy is so big that a lot of people are intimidated by it. And so they're like manifestors get bullied a lot, like by family members, by classmates, like by just people being like, yeah, that feels scary. So I'm going to like tease it. That definitely happened a lot more um, with other members of my immediate family. And so my grandma was kind of like my guardian through a lot of that when I dealt with some like really traumatic things growing up. Um, like my grandma was always like, like I would always call her like curled up in a ball in my room, like crying. And she would just be like, you know, she kind of talked me off and just be like, you know, they don't mean what they say. They're like going through their own stuff. It's not about you. You know, she'd always kind of like, I think my sanity to her <laughs> because Lord knows, like, I, I can't imagine like where I'd be or what would have happened if I didn't have that like voice that every time I had another voice telling me like I was worthless or I was a horrible person or like all these like really, you know, traumatizing things if I didn't have that other voice being like, don't listen, that's not true, you know? So I feel like she was definitely my guardian angel. And I think in many ways, she knew that I was her, I don't want to say protege, but (laughs) you know, like we always had that kind of relationship where I was like, you know, she was the person that I looked up to. I actually felt that energy when you were talking earlier that it's like there's a knowingness that you were here to continue doing the work that she was that she started. Yeah, I felt like she did her best to train me. And <laughs> there's, you know, there's parts of her chillness I don't have, but I worked very hard <laughs> on for her. Um, yeah, but but I definitely feel like she trained me. I became the, and she was really proud of the, the boss lady I became as well. Mm. Thank you, Joan. Thanks Thank for giving you, us Jeff. Cassandra. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job. <laughs> okay. Let's bounce back to manifestation through meditation. And I want to talk more about that, but I also want to know how you're using that in your life right now. Mm. So do you want to hear about the process before I tell you what I'm using it for? Or yeah, you want me to talk about okay. whatever comes out of your mouth first. Okay. <laughs> so I'll talk about the process because I feel like that's easier than I can just pop in like how I'm using it. Right. So 
The main four pillars that I start you off with in the book, and there's 10 meditations for each pillar. So it's the first like 40 um, meditations. And I did that. So you have kind of this process. This is like the process I do when I manifest everything. There's 10 different meditations for each step because I wanted you to have like 10 different ways to hit it um, and be able to find like different ones that resonate with you and mix it up or switch it up or just pick one, do it for, you know, however long you need to. So the first step I always say is remembering who you are. It's coming back to the truth of the fact that you are infinite. You are, you are abundance itself. You are the universe, right? You are everything. You're divine. And so coming back to that space, I feel like is the start point of manifestation, which a lot of people skip over, but is crucial because if we don't remember who we are, we create from remembering who we are right? Because who we are is divine creators, right? And so that's a really important place to start um, with your meditation journey. And like I said, there's a bunch of different meditations in the book to help you find like, you know, which all of us are going to have different kind of keys that open that door for us, right? So that's why I want people to be able to experiment and try and like see what hits that for them. And that's something that I will say at this point in my meditation journey, most days, that's like a baseline for me, right? I feel that. I do feel like I am part of, you know, the infinite. And I do feel like I am, you know, the divine here having an experience, right? A, a, a part of the divine. Um, the second part that I think is also really important is connecting to your soul's desires. So the next 10 meditations are all about that. And that's like the, my second step in the process. This I think is really, really important because I said soul's desire is not like what you see on Instagram and think you should have. <laughs> um, because, and these meditations are super crucial because if we just leave it up to our like human mind, we have so many things being pushed at us about like, you should want this or you should want that, right? But when we tune into our soul, half the time, People have all the things and then they feel so empty because they didn't actually listen to the things that they really, that their soul really came here to experience. So those meditations to help you get going with that. And, you know, those are meditations that I feel like are so important whenever you're, you're thinking about manifesting something or calling something into your life. Those are the meditations that you want to lean into to kind of like do your checks, right? To be like, do I really want this thing? Or do I just want this because the thing that I see other people having, right? You know, and, and it is saying that there's no judgment. It's just like, well, we're so bombarded with everybody else's desires that half of us don't even know what we desire anymore. And so, you know, about, oh God, four months ago, maybe now, I started feeling that I was being called to do something to, you know, open to, to something else. I started doing these, um, these meditations and I, what I really uncovered was I really wanted to be on camera again more. Um, I really, you know, my coaching business, um, and my online education, everything I do with divinely design your life is fantastic and going great. But there was like this part of me that was like really craving this other form of like creative self-expression 
beyond the Zoom and the YouTube and, and stuff like that. And so I sat with that and I did those meditations for a bit and I decided to start acting again. And that was something that I think that's what I'm, I wouldn't say I'm manifesting that I'm doing that right now. Um, what I'm manifesting is a TV series regular role in that, right? Um, so that kind of came through. And again, like we talked about before, like you guys know from this podcast, that it was something I was doing for a while, but then I totally stopped to do this other thing. And it felt terrifying to admit that desire and complicated um, to go about it and all that stuff. But I'm just a big firm believer that, you know, our, our soul, our heart, the desires that we have from deep within are there for a reason. They're part of the little dots on the map of our soul's journey of this life. So it's really our, in my belief, our duty to manifest from that space, right? That that's what's being called to be created. That's what I'm being called to be used for right now in my life. Um, and, and everything is kind of unfolding as it will. And then the third step is the step that everyone hates, but is so, so important. And that's clearing all the fear, the beliefs that are blocking us, clearing any childhood wounding that says we couldn't do it, past lives where, you know, we were killed or tortured or whatever for doing something um, is really doing all that clearing work is looking at, okay, now that I've figured out what my desire is, let me actually look at what are all of the things that come up when I think about doing that fully expressed. Is it, uh, you know, it's hard or, you know, no one will like me or I'm too old or, you know, I'm not, I didn't go to school enough for that or whatever it is, you know, we all have our little concoctions, right? Um, and then, so there's 10 different meditations from everything from like, you know, observing your thoughts and releasing negative thoughts to bringing, bringing those beliefs to a divine truth trust, truth, truth test, <laughs> um, to, um, you know, inner child heal, heal, healing, uh, parent reparenting uh, meditations, uh, healing core wounds that I call them, releasing old timelines, all different things like that. Because that's the, you know, that's the, that's a really critical part. Whenever we're ready to manifest something, we, I always say that we are all natural born manifestors, which is like a tricky thing with human design or whatever, but like, not, not, not but like, the energy type, but, but not we the really... energy type, but all of us are natural born manifestors. We're made to manifest. So if there's, and we're made to manifest specifically desires in our heart. So if we have a desire in our heart, that's pure in our soul. And yes, I just want to say for anyone listening, you can absolutely have a desire for money or abundance or success or like those are valid desires and those are soul experiences that you want to have. It's just getting down to the essence of it from your heart and what that, you know, whatever that lesson is for you in that thing. And some of so, those may actually even be in your human design chart. Uh, oh, oh, I want to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> But I, you know, I really believe that we're made to manifest that. So if you have a desire in your heart and it hasn't manifested already, because it would, the only reason it hasn't manifested is because there's something in your energy field that's blocking it, which to me is such an empowering realization, right? The only reason I don't have the, let's say a TV series regular 
role right now is because there's something in my belief system or whatnot that is blocking it, right? And so that's what, or whatever it is that you're manifesting, right? Or, you know, if you want to manifest like the book being a bestseller or whatever, right? I don't feel it. I don't feel any resistance towards the book being a bestseller. So I'm not even worried about manifesting it, you know? (laughs) So usually it's the things that we feel like we have to manifest. It's like a hint that we have stuff we have to clear, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which is just juicy and fun. And I like to, I think it's really important to approach that's how I approach manifesting is it's like a fun, juicy experience of our soul that we get to do here. And so we just get to look at that and we get to say, okay, what beliefs, what comes up in my mind when I think that, right? What were the excuses I give for why I don't already have it, you know, and do that clearing work. And then the fourth step is quantum embodiment. So that is what I like to call a little bit of practical magic. And it's combining the earthly and the energetic. So we've done a lot of energetic work up until this point. And then quantum embodiment is where you, you embrace that frequency and you dump the timeline and you embody that 2.0 version of you, that version of you that already has it. And you, you also bring that down to the earth plane. So you let that change how you show up in your life you let that change how your day is designed how you take care of yourself how you speak to other people how you know maybe even the clothes you wear whatever it is right you let that kind of infuse itself into your earthly actions so that you are bringing that reality or calling in into your present day reality this is so good i (laughs) cannot wait to get my hands on your book um but checking in with you in terms of manifesting that TV show regular, where are you and which phase are you in right now? I feel, um, well, so I guess this is, brings up a great point. The way I feel about it is that it's like, it's not like you go through the process once and you're done, right? You go through the process once, but then you kind of like keep on going back, you know, and checking in with each step right so I've already been through the process a few times with all this um you know I've manifested an agent a manager I booked two um feature film like lead roles and have things rolling in so I would say the you know the energy is in that direction and I feel very confident that like it's no longer energetically to me it's an inevitability that's how it feels. Right. Mm -hmm. And energetically to me, it doesn't even feel like a stretch. Like it would be like, it's just a matter of like when the right part comes along for the right show. And when that happens, it'll be more of like a little, it'll be more of like a happy smile of like, nice. Right. Then it will be like, oh my God, I can't believe it happened to me. Like that's not the energy there anymore. So that's where I am with that. That being said, it's a daily check-in, right? So I'm definitely in the quantum embodiment of it. Like um, I take my acting classes. I do auditions every day. You know, I have like my, I have a team now. Um, And so there is a part of that, that I'm embracing that. And I'm also really lucky because the, you know, success that I've had for my self-help career, I'll call it, right, um, 
I think also is help helps a lot with the quantum embodiment, right? I already know what it's like to do interviews. I already know what it's like to like have, I already have people following me and stuff like that. So a lot of that for me is already, is not really a stretch at all. It'd just be like people getting to watch me on TV now too, right? Um, and that being said though, I'm totally freaking human. And so there are days where, you know, when if like a negative belief comes up, and I'm like, trying to even think of, I've, I've been feeling so good recently. So, <laughs> but I think, you know, one of the ones that I have had, like, was um, like, what if I like, just don't get, <laughs> this is so weird. It just shows you how my crazy mind works. I'm like, I know if I get the audition, like the right auditions for the right things, I'll slay it. But there, I think they're the one fear that I have sometimes is like, well, what if I don't get the audition, right? Um, and so that's like, you know, something that I've worked out. And then again, it's like, you go, you go into your meditation and like with that one, it's like, you go into your meditation for me, that's like, uh, that would be a good one to do the divine truth test meditation with, right. Where you put that through and then you kind of sit with it and like, give it up to your higher power, your divine support squad and say, well, is this really true? Right. Could this be true? Right. And then you're sitting in that meditation you're like, no flipping way. Like everything is so divinely designed. There's absolutely no way that the part that's meant for me could ever miss me. And the casting director that's supposed to be that catalyst is absolutely going to feel something when she like clicks my little headshot or whatever it is, you know, like I believe too much in the divine orchestration of the universe to put any stock in that truth. Right. Um, and it's like such a, it's kind of like a little thing but it is being willing to be that meticulous, being willing to say, you know what, I'm not going to stand for the existence of that belief, right? I'm going to bring it to my mat. I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to annihilate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, That's so yeah, good. And so just- I'm in a good place with it. But I also, I, you know, this is, I like eat, sleep and breathe this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it it feels like it's I feel manifesting, yeah. I feel a part right around it. I like literally what I'm being shown right around the corner. Right, Woo-hoo! and I'm not sure if this is. I'm and I'm not sh- so confident in this part, but maybe one is being going to be written for you. Hmm. Why not? Yeah, I mean, it's funny how sometimes we can be like. Yeah, I want to get the audition for the right part, but there's other ways that the right part can come about, right? Well, I love that too. And that's why for me, probably getting back to like the specific, non-specific, when I'm like doing my visualizing or, you know, holding space for it in meditation, I literally just see myself on different TV shows all the time. And there's nothing, I don't touch visualizing anything around how it's going to happen right? Because you're absolutely right. I mean, I just like, (laughs) I'm obsessed with the show Manifest, which is not about manifesting. It's it's about a plane. It's about a plane. Um, But it's about a plane and then actually it's kind of about the stuff if you watch, I don't want to give anything away, but it's not like a documentary on manifesting for sure. And, um, you know, there's a couple of shows I like, but it's like when I find a show that I like and I'm like, oh, I could see myself in this world. You know, like I follow everyone on Instagram, like I watch it and I like fantasize 
you know, about like, oh, like, you know, I work out, I have a personal trainer. And when I work out with a personal trainer, like I, you know, complete opposite of you. I do not like working out. I'm not like a working out person. Um, but I feel good when I do it. So I do it and I need it from, you know, everyone needs it, I think. Um, so when I work out with my trainer and we're doing things I really hate doing, I just like imagine myself like, you know, oh, like this is going to be great for when I play that like badass detective, you know, on the show, right? And when I have to like punch the bad guys, they're going to be like, that's right, she's actually ripped and you would never know. <laughs> yes, I love it. So like never not the- manifesting. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. This is like an all day, every day job. It really is. Um, my fiance would, would say that I live in a fantasy world, but it is a very happy one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like you could say somebody is addicted to fantasizing and yeah, problem. I don't think so. Right. It so works. keep going with it. As long as it's not taking you out of life. Right. For me, I use it as a catalyst to do that. Like, it's like anything, you know, you can use it as a catalyst for, I don't know, like you're, you're driving, right. And you're, maybe you're driving to the grocery store, you're driving to do some like boring errand or whatever, but like, maybe you're driving a set, maybe you're driving to your dream job. Maybe you're driving to the bank to cash that big check. Right. And it's like, in that moment, you're full of possibilities. You're just driving. Like, <laughs> I love that. So how my much. crazy brain thinks. <laughs> so perfect. Your crazy brain is so aligned and inspired and brilliant. Thank you for sharing your crazy brain with us. I think crazy is just another word for wise. Yeah. It's radical. Yeah. It's just not boring. So we call it crazy. <laughs> right. It's true. Uh, we got to wrap this up. I don't really want to because I just <laughs> want to hang out with you all day, but we've got to wrap it up. So where can people get your book? When can people get your book? How can people connect with you? Where can we watch you? Tell yeah. us, tell us everything. Woo-hoo. Um, so the book is available for pre-order right now. So I suggest uh, we'll give you uh, the link. So it'll probably be below wherever you're listening to this or whatnot. Um, and so the easiest place to pre-order is Amazon. It's available wherever books are sold. I just lead everybody to Amazon because pre-orders on Amazon are super helpful as an author. Um, and I'm offering pre-order bonuses. So if you pre-order the book, you uh, can go to the book bonus page, which will be CassandraBodzak.com slash manifesting. We'll put that link below. Or it's pretty easy to remember, CassandraBodzak slash manifesting. Um, and you'll get, I'm giving away the unedited part one of the book, which is where I explain my manifestation process. It's like 30 pages long. They edited a ton of that chapter um, for like, you know, it's just book stuff, you know, how they edit all the way. But I, me and my publisher agreed that everybody needed the unedited version because it's so juicy. So I'm giving away as a pre-order bonus. Um, I'm also giving away five guided meditation recordings so you can get started. There's one meditation um, from each of the categories that I mentioned. So you can get started on that kind of manifestation process. And then there's an extra bonus one that I just love. Um And then there's also going to be a little free workshop with me. So you can kind of imagine if 
you, if in an ideal world, I was able to have a little hour long Zoom session with everyone that bought the book and kind of lay it out for them and tell them how to do it and like make it the best. I put that there for you guys because I really want you guys to like blow the lid off your life with this book. Um, so all of that's for pre-order bonuses. The book itself will be delivered on September 21st. So you know, whenever you're, you know, listening to this, um, if it's out or it's not out, um, if you pre-ordered on Amazon, I believe that they will have it in your door on the 21st, which is pretty cool. Um, and then you can find me, uh, CassandraBodzak.com is my website at CassandraBodzak on Instagram or Facebook, or I don't really do much on Twitter, but I do exist there. Um, <laughs> LinkedIn. Um, yeah. And you can follow, follow along with me on that. Um, and for all of like the acting stuff, you'll, you'll get those updates on Instagram. So you can follow along with that and I'll drop them as things start coming out. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Oh, wait, wait, no, I have a question. What about those of us who aren't on social media and want to know where we can find you? I.e. me, how am I going to know where to watch you? Are you going to put it in your emails? Yes, I will put it in my email okay. newsletter. So Even if it's we just can for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, Kelsey, this is for you. Actually, you. I happened to one of my other friends the other day because I, I announced it in my newsletter, the book, the pre-order. I announced it like two days after I announced it on Instagram. And like one of my friends was like, How come everybody else I didn't get the <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, it's only two days. But yes, everything will be in the newsletter as well, as well as like appearances and and TV and, and movies and stuff like that and info about the book and stuff. So we can put a link down below or you can find the newsletter link through going to my website. And it's right on the front page, you'll be able to sign up for it. And then I send out just once a week, a little update of whatever's going on, some helpful meditation or YouTube video or podcasts or some juicy little thing amazing i love it i love you thank you so much for this gold thank you so much for having me this was such a joy <laughs> thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode Please remember if you want to work with me or learn more about me or get yourself on my newsletter list, go to KelseyAbbott.com. Also, if you don't have your human design chart, get it for me for free right there at KelseyAbbott.com. And my newsletter, I send that out when I feel like it. And I always share gold. That's all I'm going to promise about that. Anyway, you can sign up for that at KelseyAbbott.com. So that episode magic, right? Don't you want to share it with everyone you know? So please do that. And please share it on all the social medias if you're into that thing. And if you're inspired to do so, please head over to Apple Podcasts, give the Find Your Awesome Podcast a five-star rating and leave us a nice review. I appreciate it so much. Now get out of here. Go juggle or play or skip or do somersaults or go swim in the ocean or a pond or take a nap. I love you. Do whatever your soul asks you to do right this second. You're amazing. You're a miracle. Go forth and be awesome. <laughs>